I'm fantasy author J.H. Fleming. And I'm science fiction and fantasy author Philip Dreher Duncan. I forgot who I was for a moment there. That's because I'm so excited about who our guest is tonight. Um, our guest is the captain of the world famous 20 books to 50K Facebook group, which you should all be a part of. Um, he was the mad genius behind the 20 books Vegas conferences. He does a five minute daily author focus, which you should all be tuned into. And uh, he's one of our, our favorite people we've met in our authory travels. So, uh, oh, that's the other thing. He sold a heck of a lot of books. So welcome, Craig Martell. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys, J.H. and Phil. Uh, we met and hung out at Superstars, and it was cool. You took us to a great restaurant. Uh, I like some Indian food because we don't have that up here. There's no Indian restaurants in Fairbanks. Yeah, we tried to kill you getting you there, though. <laughs> I just, just, just the walk. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. I'm not going to take a taxi two blocks, but uh, yeah, it, it takes me a little bit to get there. Man, I don't know that air in Colorado is like I walk. There's like that one tall set of stairs in the hotel, and we walked up. I got to the top, and I was kind of out of breath. I'm like, man, am I this out of shape? <laughs> You're out of shape, man. You're weak. <laughs> Need to cut some firewood. That's it. <laughs> there's a, there's an arcade at the top, so it's worth the walk. I don't, did you ever make it up there? I guess this is me. There was no way I'm walking up one flight of stairs <laughs> in, in Colorado. But, I, I mean, I could have taken the uh, elevator up. However, I never went up there. I didn't yeah. know there was anything up there besides, yeah. like, a workout room. Me in a workout room, right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's an arcade, huh? Cool. There's a swing cool. pool up there, too. Yeah. yeah. It's a swing pool and the hot tub were connected to it. Two swimming okay. pools, and, actually. And, and and that knowledge is now useless because we're uh, moving next year. Right, because we're not right. going back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool though. They had like old Street Fighter arcades and Mortal Kombat and things like that, and they were all like free yeah. to play. You know, you just walk up and start hitting the buttons and moving the joysticks. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, I missed out. Which I'm going to be honest, yeah. it kind of wore out its kind of wore wore out its fun for me in about two minutes because I realized I don't remember <laughs> how to play any of that stuff anymore, and it was a disaster. <laughs> All right, Craig, what have you been up to? What do you got? Let's plug your stuff. What do you got to plug today? Oh, what is today? The 21st. I, uh, the fifth book in my Starship Lost series plugged, uh, published yesterday. Uh, just went live. Nice. Congratulations. And the sixth book goes live on March 26th. So I will have uh, published nice. six books in five months in that series. And I wow. stockpiled. I, I wrote, uh, I started writing in October of uh, 2022. And we published mm -hmm. the first book in October of 2023. I already had the first four books written. So spent the last three months uh, writing those last two books and some other books, too. And and uh, all five or all six we're doing in uh, five months, rapid release, 30 days in between, get the most out of it. And it's rolling pretty well. When it first started off, I was a little concerned that it wasn't uh, getting gaining as much traction as I thought it deserved. Uh, I thought it was a, mm -hmm. uh, a really good series with a combination of military sci-fi, hard science fiction. The math and the uh, astrophysics are all correct in it. And uh, and uh, and space opera. Characters doing things what they do. And, nice. And uh, uh, no reverse polarities and, and things like that that aren't really uh, technically sound. And uh, it just didn't, it didn't find any of those audiences. <clears throat> Although... As people read them, now that uh, the five books, and actually books one through four are on sale right now. I don't know when you're going to air this. They're on sale for only a few more days. Monday. <laughs> uh, oh, Monday. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to be on sale still. But uh, anyway, well, you can Craig's books dive in. were on sale, and you and missed, missed it. it. <laughs> How dare the, you guys? guys. <laughs> but they're all in Kindle Unlimited, so if you've got a subscription, you can read for free. Uh, read at no additional cost. And uh, <clears throat> that that series is cranking. Uh, we're doing some other things nice. with my uh, Free Trader Universe, uh, some of the first books that I wrote. I've got nine book series. I, I keep pumping an omnibus edition. Books one through nine is the complete set. However, I decided I'm going to revisit that, uh, and we're going to uh, book, publish books 10, 11, and 12 and write three new books in that, that universe. And also, also, we're going to turn that a nine-book series into a game, a, a tabletop, a, a board game, and oh, kickstart that cool. and uh, introduce people to the universe, uh, have the nine books as uh, stretch rewards, as e-books, and uh, a lot of other cool things that we'll see. That might be uh, later this year, might be early next year that we'll release that. So did you find like a uh, like a game maker to partner with that on to make the game? I did. I did. Nice. A, a game maker who has a, con- a, a connection with a board game printer uh, so we can p- get them printed uh, at a reasonable cost. And a game design team that is uh, actually, that's what they do. So uh, that will be uh, not too expensive and fairly quick. I just need to put some structure to it, which I've been working on. In addition to other things, I'll be co-authoring a few titles uh, over the next year. And uh, so I've been dabbling at those as well, as well as working on my next uh, Ian Bragg thriller, which when I was at Superstars, I did an interview with uh, John Goodwin about uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> with uh, Writers of the Future. Uh, and uh, we were plugging Ian Bragg. He had read the first book and he loved it. Uh, first book in the series. I'm writing book six now and working on that. I'm about halfway done with it. I want to ask you about how you did you. So did you approach the game maker? Or did they approach you? A, a, a friend of mine who does Kickstarters and that kind of stuff approached me and uh-huh. said, Hey, this is, this is, uh, has a lot of potential right now. Do you have a series? I'm like, Oh my God, my free trader series would be perfect for this because it was based on a game and mm-hmm. now a role-playing game, but we can turn it into a board game. It's eminently viable for a board game. You got some cards for random encounters, events, uh, collect tokens and stuff as you go. I, I mean, I can see it right now in my mind. I've already sent him. I had uh, maps professionally drawn as uh, part of that to include in the front matter of the book because all the cool books that I liked had maps in the front, like the Conan, uh, the Barbarian mm-hmm. uh, books. <clears throat> they all had maps in the front, yeah. and that was cool. So, so I had maps best. in my books, and those maps are off to the uh, game maker to give them an idea of what we're looking at for uh, for a game board. Oh, that's fantastic. How many books have you written at this point? I think I, I just passed, uh, I think I just hit 190, 190. Nice. Now, wow. understand, probably uh, 75 of those are co-authored, where maybe the co-author mm-hmm. uh, did uh, 50% or more of the work, and usually sometimes mm-hmm. far more. <clears throat> and so just reviewing those. But still, I've, I've written over 100 books myself. I mean, I've got 8 million words in publication, 8 or 9, something wow. like that. That's that amazing. is impressive, sir. Do you find that the rapid release strategy still is still pretty solid, still working pretty well? Because I hear some people kind of begrudge it, but I'm also like I don't know what else other people are doing differently. So, the now rapid for rapid release to work, I, I know too many new authors 
who they'll write their first three books before releasing any because they want a rapid release. If you have no Guilty. readership and Guilty. no foundation, uh, rapid release doesn't help you. You have to sell mm-hmm. some copies of that first book. So in order to do that and have rapid release work, you got to have some readership. You have to have some mm-hmm. way to build that readership so you get the read through then. If you have no readers, releasing three books fast will have will still give you no readers. It's uh, uh, kind of a, a, a cart before the horse thing. You need to get mm-hmm. the first book out there. You need to learn exactly, is this the right genre? Am I targeting the right readership? Uh, how am I going about building this readership? Uh, am, I, am I building my newsletter list? Are people joining because they like the book? Uh, you've got a, you've got so much to learn before you can assess the viability of a business strategy, which is the rapid release. So mm-hmm. it sounds good up until you p- add the business elements to it, and then it's not good if you don't have a foundation. All you do is publish three books, and if that first book isn't good, then you've wasted time writing books two and three that aren't going to sell. Because if it's a yeah. three-book series and the first book doesn't sell, guess what's not going to sell too? Yeah. Books two and three. Right. So uh, the uh, rapid release strategy isn't for people who haven't published before. That's that's what I would yeah. recommend. Unless you already have a readership for some reason, like you have a very mm-hmm. good friend who's been pimping your stuff because you've been on Royal Road and publishing a chapter at a time and you've got a great readership, that's completely different then. You've built a readership. But if you don't have a readership, rapid release isn't going to help you. It's good to find out first that first book is good, and if it's not, it gives you a chance to rewrite it, fix it, and make it good, Mm -hmm. or write something else. Uh, And that's your choice as a business strategy. Again, is it easier to rewrite a book? And if you rewrite the same book over and over, you've still only written one book. Uh, I think you need to move forward (laughs) always and and get smarter about writing and learn more about writing, and then you can go back and fix that first book and then add more books to it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think there's even also, you know, an element of like, you know, because some people might say, well, you know, I'll use ads to get my readership. Well, you're probably not going to make your money back on your ads unless you've got at least five, six, seven, eight, somewhere. And there's a number, a magic number based on the size and what you're selling your book for before you're going to get any return at all. Right. If you're good at marketing and you've already done it and you've uh, dabbled with Amazon ads or somebody has mm-hmm. uh, sat side saddle with you and walked you through how to, how to optimize them, then you can get your money back on two or even three volumes in a series. But if mm-hmm. you're like me and you just throw a lot of mud at the wall on these ads, then nine yeah, book same. series, I've got one, I've got one series that's 20 books, soon to be 21. And then you get your money back. You get your money back in a big yeah. hurry because all you got to do is put that first book and that first good book in the reader's hands. And if you got a 50% read through to that second book and then 90 mm-hmm. plus to the third book, you win in the game of, uh, of ones and zeros, you win because uh, the readers keep picking up the next volumes. And I'm at like a hundred percent read through on that one series now, but everybody we introduce the series mm-hmm. to, it's got 20 books. If they start at one, then uh, the chance of reading all the way through. And and I tried to keep the books about 60,000 words so they can read them in one sitting. Hmm. I know I know a lot of people who will read that whole series in less than a month because they can read it in one sitting in like four hours for speed readers. Me, it takes probably six or eight hours to read 60,000 words. I'm a slow reader. 
And it didn't take us long to get to our first train ad. First train (laughs) ad. There we go. (laughs) Are you experiencing hairy feet, an adventurous itch, or butt pain? Then you should buy a copy of J.H. Fleming's latest novel, Music the Gathering, A Most Unusual Assassin. What does a fantasy novel have to do with those conditions, you ask? Nothing. But it's so damn good you'll forget all about your furry little hobbit feet. Don't wait. Buy it now and tell your doctor how awesome it is. Side effects may include magical adventure, hours of introverted fun, great characters, tears of joy, and death. Buy it now. We're going to look contemplative. Um, yeah. <laughs> We didn't just have a 10-minute conversation without recording. Um, so, Craig, what's it like running the – like, what's it like running 20, uh, 20 books, and what's it like seeing how it's grown over the years? I imagine that's been crazy for you. It has. I was one of the first 50 people in. I followed Michael over uh, when he first uh, made it for us to talk about here's what we're doing, not dictate terms to anybody else, not sell anything to fellow authors, and – uh, I hung on until uh, we had about 5,000 members, and that's when I took over. And uh, mm-hmm. now we're at 76,000 members. It's, it's just insane. Wow. The uh, Yeah, it's crazy. Keep, keeping the rules, and we have a great admin moderating team. And as I tell people, it's not yeah. who you are. It's who you're surrounded by. I'm surrounded by good people doing great things, and we just set the, we just set the uh, expectations and the standards, and we try not to waffle. Uh, be kind, don't sell anything, no self, uh, 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 promotion, right. Uh, say what you did. Don't tell other people what to do because you're probably going to be wrong. And also that's taken a lot of, uh, responsibility. If I'm going to tell you, Hey, this is what you need to do. Then I'm taking full responsibility for your business. And if you listen to me and it doesn't work, well then, Hey, so I have actually stepped back from doing any kind of mentoring consultations. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. I run my indie capstones because mm-hmm. those are fun and they're right here in Fairbanks. But that that's about it. I uh, because I I'm just not going to take that responsibility for other people's careers actively, yeah. like actively coaching yeah, people to. Yeah. yeah. And there's no reason. I mean, I make my money off my fiction, and I want to keep that. I want to keep that going. Ian Bragg, Spider and the Scorpion. That's the one going right now, and I I want that one to be a home run. It's looking to be an okay book. It's not as much action as The Tower was, which was kind of like Carl Urban's version of Dread, uh, and that uh, I liked it a lot. Now, people who read it love the action, and uh, I I, I, I like seeing the sales. It's still selling well, still doing great. And uh, (laughs) I keep pushing with uh, other series and other co-authored projects and – Everything's moving forward pretty well. This year is focusing on uh, my sales because uh, I'm not doing 20 yeah. Books Vegas. I've closed those down. Uh, I'm not doing uh, any more conferences except for the the uh, mastermind group. Those people making a half mil or more a year, at which we have we have 101 members now in that group. Oh wow, nice! And that's all fiction writers. Uh, no, no, we have some nonfiction as well. Okay, cool. But it's all writers. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, writers who only do nonfiction. Yeah. Man, well, I'm just wrapping my head around that 101. That's fantastic. I'm yeah. jelly. I need to write more. <laughs> that's, that's just us. Yeah, just us girls. 
I'm actually, uh, I'm really proud. I did this, uh, this year. So I had a series I did, I launched, actually, we talked about it a couple years ago. I, I launched a, uh, a series and I didn't keep up with it the way I should have. And I've got the new books ready to go to try to revitalize it, you know? And I thought in the fall, like I need to learn how to do some of the ad stuff ahead of that. And without putting out any of the new books, I was able to jump mine to, uh, a number one in a category during Christmas. And, and it's just been selling ever since. And I'm like, heck yeah, let's do this. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> so I'm just getting ready to, to get the launch ready for the next book, you know? You can always sell a good book. If that first book is good, the first few books, nothing sells the last book like the next book too. So you can always sell a good book. So that, as long as the first book's good, uh, a fourth book, a fifth book, a sixth book, every time you add a new book, throw book one up for free or 99 cents, promote the hell out of it, do some paid newsletters and watch your sales go and give, give the new fans an opportunity to join your newsletter or, uh, uh, yeah, follow you in some way that they keep being advised every time you have a new release or, or when you're doing cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to see what happens when I start actually putting new books out in the series, <laughs> which will hopefully happen in the next month or so. Yeah, I was gonna say I heard I heard the puppy. Puppies are always welcome on the podcast. Yeah, he was sitting funny. I just wondered if he was okay. He he is. He is. He probably needs to go out. But we just started, buddy, and we just came back in. <laughs> you just saw your mooses, Stanley. Yeah, I like. Um, I always. I always thought it's fun how you always introduce them when you do your five-minute author focus. Yeah, but since I moved to the kitchen, now I don't uh, – <clears throat> yeah, the audience can't see him because he's on the couch. Oh, gotcha. Actually, I haven't been able to keep up lately because I've, I've had to actually go into my day job, which has not been as fun. But when, whenever I was working from home all the time, I was keeping up with them religiously. Now it's like, oh, well, maybe if I get a chance at some point – yeah, I guess I could yeah. just blare. I guess I could sneak into the bathroom at work and, and blare Craig Martell <laughs> really loud from a stall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that spicy language that we're not allowed here on the uh, podcast. You can get that in the uh, right. We're keeping it clean. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it clean. I, you know, it's, I probably at some point I'm just going to give up the ghost on that one because I'm sure people who know me really well who listen are like. How does he keep it clean every time? That doesn't sound like you. Yeah, go dig out my episode on swearing. It's a lot of editing. Dig out my episode on swearing <laughs> and play that at max volume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, are you? Um, what 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 led you to want to do the five minute author focus? And you are you doing those every day, seven days a week? I I, I pretty much do them every day. Yeah. Now, uh, in the pandemic, in March of 2020. I, uh, I put out, uh, probably my best leadership advice and post saying that this is going to end and everybody is going to remember what you did. So do right by people, do right by yourself and, and keep moving forward. Keep looking towards the end because this is going to end. Now I figured it was only going to take months, not years to finish, but it did. And what I did was I had a one hour podcast every single day to give people something oh, to wow. do. Cause now everybody was trapped at home. And so one hour, a one Great. hour set every day with a different guest every day. And I did that for about three months. And then uh, I'm like, this has taken me forever. Cause I got to set up the next one. And so I was losing two or three hours a day 
uh, doing this thing. And so I'm like, hey, let's do something now that people are settled in after uh, doing mm-hmm. doing the pandemic thing for five or six months. So about September of 2020, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's do something a little more refined. And we made the, the five-minute focus. Here's just a quick five-minute hit, you quick uh, like three points, which my three points became five or six. And, but five minutes, trying to keep it right around that. And I've been doing it ever mm-hmm. since. And that's that's easy. That's really easy. I've got a running list. So as I come across a meme or 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 some event or something uh, or think mm-hmm. of anything, I because uh, I've got it up on my other screen right now, five-minute focus, I'll, I'll throw it into the PowerPoint. When I hit 1,000, I'll start a new PowerPoint. <clears throat> and I've shared that PowerPoint. I shared it with you guys. I share it with, uh, with the members yeah. of the group. Here's the PowerPoint. Here's all of the episodes. Now, the, the powers in the conversation about it, I have the bullet points kind of to remember, remind me what to talk about. But the, uh, uh, that, so that's it. It's, it was pandemic to keep people focused on their business and the way ahead and not to degenerate into uh, screaming panicked people because everybody mm-hmm. was going to remember how you acted when you were under a lot of stress. Because that's the that's the uh, view of the real you. So I was trying to help people. Don't be, don't be that person. Don't be something that you're going to regret later. And uh, I, th- I I hope that we help people. I know some people were beyond help. They just flailed and panicked constantly. And and uh, uh, then out the end of it, then they're they're asking for forgiveness and stuff. It's like, sure, I'll forgive you, but I'm never going to trust you. Uh, it's uh, you, you have to be, <laughs> right. because you showed you showed your true nature when you're under a great deal of stress. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, I spent 20 years in the Marine Corps. And one of the things there is you always tried to drive people to as to as uh, much stress as they could handle without breaking them in order to see yeah. what is the real Marine under there. And uh, when you got to that person, if they were just, hey, let's workmanship, workmanlike, let's get the job done. Here's the mission. Stay focused on the mission all the time. Those were the people that you could always trust no matter what was going on. Well, that's a really good point, actually. And that was something I wanted to mention while we were talking to you is, um, and you know, I, anytime I, I meet an author friend and they don't know what 20 books to 50K is, I'm like, that's insane. Go join that group. I don't care if you're obsessed with produce, pursuing just trad. You need to be a member of that group. And one of the reasons I would say that is one of the things I always admire about you that you do that I think is really great is our our industry is so dramatic all the time. You like it's so drama driven, right? You think people get it out on the pages, but it's so drama driven. But it seems like every time some major new thing comes up that everybody's screaming about and freaking out about, it's like go over to 20 books, wait 24 hours, and you're going to see a post from Craig Martell that just very clearly tells you not to panic and why not to panic. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And, and we could have no conversations about AI. So AI posts still aren't allowed <laughs> because, mm. because people just absolutely, you have to get up on a soapbox or can't. Okay. I'm a lawyer. After I, after I retired from the Marine Corps, I went to law school and got a law degree. And uh, so <laughs> my view of it is there are multiple lawsuits and uh, let's wait and see how those turn out because I don't want to undo yeah. or redo anything. So it's all about, uh, right. the, and those lawsuits go back to open AI, 
which is the source that all of the other chat GPT, they all used open AI as their foundation mm -hmm. for their software and interpretation. And, and uh, the open AI is the large language model that then they manipulated with their own software. So <clears throat> if right. open AI is corrupt, it's a fruit of the poison tree is a, uh, a legal term. It means none of it's good. So, I mean, they just have to find a different source. Okay. I'm sure they probably are already working on that with, uh, with attributed or uh, non-copyrighted material, whatever. It, it, but as right now, I'm in the wait and see mode. I'm not using it for yep. – not using the artwork for ads because I use a lot of artwork from people that uh, – artists that I know mm -hmm. that uh, didn't allow it, didn't authorize the use of their, their stuff. Uh, so yeah. <clears throat> right. there's, there's a lot of questions out there. And let the courts determine. If the courts say, nope, no problem with this, then go forth and conquer. If you think it's unethical, well, that's your, your business. Don't use it. Right. If other people are, hey, if the court says it's okay, then it's okay. If the court says it's not okay, then wait until the court says it is okay and then use that one if, that, if you're so inclined. I, I'm never going to use AI to help me write my books, not plot, not do any of that, just because I'm old school and I just, I'd rather just do it myself. I'm not, a, I, I'm not an editor. I actually turned my first draft over to my editor and, uh, that's the one that is going to end up getting published because after you write enough words, guess what? You can, you can make your first draft good enough that it's, it's polishable at that point. It's not how much yeah. rewriting writing is not rewriting. Maybe when you first start out, but not, uh, after, after 190 books, if I'm rewriting stuff, I'm just wasting time. Do you want to know what's really funny is one of my books I accidentally published. Um, so, so JH is my, my, my primary editor, right? She's the last one to gets to touch any of my stuff. Cause I'm an idiot. Um, and I, <laughs> and I proved that by accidentally publishing my like second draft instead of like the fifth draft where she had done her edits. And that's where I got like my all time favorite bad review, which was possibly illiterate. Um, because I guess I am, <laughs> But, you know, she fixes it, so. <laughs> He's possibly illiterate. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. it's, getting, it's getting better. You know, each manuscript has a few thousand less fixes in it, you know? That's cool. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, success. You've got to have the continuous improvement mindset. You take off your artist Absolutely. hat. And you put on your business hat. And then that's, and that says, hey. You need to get right, better at writing, buddy. You know how you do that? You write. You get feedback. You take it to heart. Mm -hmm. You write another one. Yeah. And that's uh, that's all it is, man. How badly do you want it? We have a lot of friends who, and this is like a conversation we get into a lot, is people want us to be a part of critique groups and things. And I'm like, look, I like, and I've said it on here before, but I'm just, I'm going to be slightly blunter about it this time, right? Is like, my problem with critique groups is maybe... Some of the advice would be good, but the advice that's bad, if I take it to heart, is very detrimental, right? So yeah. the only way I want a hard critique is from people I've earned who have earned my trust as writers and readers that I know that their judgment is sound. And that does not – you don't come by that easily, right? You come by that by working with somebody a lot and or somebody who is at a level, right? So if – if you're a senior editor at like a major publisher or even, you know, a long-term editor at a major publisher, I'm probably going to be more willing to take your advice 
than I am my peer who's written the same amount or less than me, right? And that's just, to me, that's smart. And what worries me is if, if I take bad advice, I start redeveloping bad habits that I've been trying to break myself from. So that's why I'm always yeah. very cautious about who I take advice from about my actual craft, you know? Well, more power to you. I couldn't do a critique group. I absolutely could not <laughs> because it would chat my a- – I'm. Uh, it would uh, uh, upset me <laughs> to, uh, uh, to get feedback like that from somebody who has never written or, or is uh, yeah, constantly right. dabbling. Uh, and, and, yes, right. you may see a sentence here or there of mine that can be improved – but uh, you got to show your own chops before you're going to be critiquing my stuff. And I'm just not going to do it. I want editors and I want it all in private, one-on-one. I don't want yep. any group anything mm-hmm. because people will 100%. pile on. I actually ac- accidentally got into a, uh, a, a Google Doc that was being reviewed of mine. And they were dogpiling and they were jumping on. And, I, and it just I, it made me furious. Yeah. I, they're readers. But they're just jumping on things. It's like this is this is you're, you're wasting all of this brain power on something that is trivial, the absolute mm-hmm. epitome of trivialities, and uh, and and it's like you're going after me and my lineage and all of it for something that actually doesn't matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> so no, no, more power to you for doing a critique group, but uh, yes, I. Uh, I, I don't have the intestinal fortitude to deal with that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think my yeah for me it's just purely I I I know my limit of intelligence and I don't want somebody to ruin the effort I've put into building my craft. I don't want to believe the wrong yep. person and do the wrong thing. Also, you know who's yep. great at giving you reviews? Readers. Yeah. If you put your book out there and you get good reviews, it's probably pretty good. If you, you get put bad it in the right reviews, readers' hands, probably yep. not. Yeah, in the right yep. reader's hands, of course, yeah. You put it in the right reader's that hands, you're true. going to get uh, applicable and apropos feedback. Uh, uh, great, mm-hmm. hey, this thing seemed a little off. And when I asked for reader feedback, I don't ever want them to tell me how to fix it. I want them to tell right. me, here, it goes right. too slow here, or this seems this uh, uh, took me out of the story. I can work with that. I can't work with, oh, here, you need to make this character do that. No, that's a different story. I've got my story. Now, uh, yeah, just tell me that something doesn't work. I can work with that. Mm-hmm. What about you, JH? What do you do? Oh, I'm not part of any critique groups. Um, <laughs> Phil will uh, see my stuff, and that's about it. I am actually about to hire my first professional editor, which I've never done before. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. What, what kind of editor? Dev edit or line edit? Just went for everything. So developmental uh, line okay. edit. Uh, just look at my query package, synopsis, all of it. Okay. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think I'm good. I'm good on the – so she's good on all sides of it. Like, Jage can do all sides of it. And she actually – you know, she hires out. She, she She's an editor as a job, right? It's like So people hire her to edit their stuff. So she does great for me. I'm good at – developmental editing and some amount of line editing, but I'm a terrible copy editor. And I wouldn't say I'm a super great line editor. I'd say I am a super great developmental editor. Um, 
But yeah, so that's my limit. So she's like, all right, well, let me, uh, let me get an adult. <laughs> well, yeah, for this, I was more interested in like, so I've been querying for a few years now, but I've, I've never had that like professional level edit on anything. So I just wanted to see, okay, if I have this book professionally edited, will that make a difference and just see how it goes? Yeah. I mean, a dev edit, especially earlier in your career, that helps you understand the flow, the peaks uh, uh, and uh, mm. valleys of your story, uh, any characters that are out of character or anything that mm. uh, uh, gets off track from the main, the backbone of the plot. There's all kinds of great stuff that you can learn over time when it comes to storytelling. Uh, and the simpler, the better. Uh, a lot of first timers, they have all these ideas that they've been growing up with and they're finally have the opportunity to put pen mm -hmm. to paper and they want to put all those ideas into one story. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Prevent yourself from doing that. Uh, uh, res restrain yourself and try to stick, keep the story simple, straightforward. Right. And either do or do not write <laughs> prologues. One or the other. <laughs> Everybody's oh, fighting about no. that on Twitter. Yeah, we were talking talking about that earlier or x but or uh, twitter x prologues, or... I, as as a reader if i see prologue <laughs> i don't read it as a writer i have used mm -hmm. prologues but the, one of the keys to a prologue is keep it short if you can keep it to one page you're going to be much better off yeah. uh, don't do a full info dump try to make it exciting i like prologues that are kind of like uh, right. a james bond movie where you've got something that's ancillary but it gets the juices yes. flowing and gives you an idea of some things. And then you get into that first chapter. So if they don't read it, they really didn't lose out on anything. But if they did read it, they're like, oh, hey, this is cool. And then move on to chapter one where the real story starts. Yeah. So it just uh, different ways to look at prologues. I, uh, I don't counsel, uh, again, uh, using them or against using them. But uh, I personally try to avoid them because I, I wouldn't read them. So. Yeah, I think it's important if you're going to do one that you – or even if it's not a prologue necessarily, but one of the, my biggest pet peeve, and one of the things I think people go astray on is they do something in the prologue or the opening chapter, even that sets up a precedence for what the book is going to be. And then they break that contract with you. Right. So you get these, you know, you get some kind of epic fantasy novel, right. And there's all this crazy action and you're like, Oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be intense and exciting. And then you spend the next 300 pages learning about how to do pottery. Um, yeah, don't yeah. do that. Right. <laughs> don't break that contract yeah, with your yeah. reader. And that, and that, I, I was against prologue <clears throat> in one of my books, you'll find chapter zero because I refuse to put prologue in there. That's fine. I think that's fine too, right? Like, I mean, I think there's sometimes that there's a, you know, if you're doing that opening and it's like a lens change type of thing, right? Like I always think about my, it's actually the first book I wrote and I still really love the way I did it. I, it's an urban fantasy, right? And I was following the main character is a wizard, but you, you see the opening might've even been chapter one is what I called it, but you see that first, whatever it is from another character's perspective. And it's this, you know, he's just been turned into a vampire and, he's kidnapped this girl that he's taking to the other vampires and they're planning on devouring her. And he believes he's serving count Dracula. Who's trying to rebuild his army. And then, but through his eyes, you see the wizard come in. Right. And then the wizard cleans house with everyone and he's terrifying to them. But then when the, when it flips and you're and now you're going to the main character's head and the main character is the wizard and you realize he's kind of a bumbling idiot. He's dangerous, but he's also kind of just a goofball. And I, for whatever that – like those sorts of things I think can work really well if done right, whether you call them a prologue or a chapter zero or chapter one, right? 
Greg is nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff to unpack, man. You got issues. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I got so many. I got so many. Do you know what I, you know what I think I got it from? What made me want to do that is I always think of the uh, opening scene of the movie Blade mm-hmm. as a prologue. Yeah, Blade's a good movie. Where he's in the meat factory and they turn on the... Yeah, they turn on the sprinklers with all the blood, and he just goes to town on all those vampires. I'm like, that's a good prologue. Well, it's the precedent <laughs> of, uh, and the movie's kind of heavy, heavy on the action. All right, so here's what here's a good one for you, Craig. So we've already basically, I've already just decided we're breaking the format tonight. We're not going to do all the other segments. I might pull something out of them out of the show notes, but we're just going to keep rolling. So, what would be your advice? So you have the talent and the skill and the experience you have today, but you're starting over at square zero or one, whichever prologue you're starting at the prologue of your writing career. How would you approach <laughs> your business? Starting I'll tell you over what, today? There's a, a lot of lessons I needed to learn by doing them. Uh, some people think there's a good shortcut or, sure. or here's an easy button. Guess what? It's not easy. You got to sit down and write a book and then you got to write another one and another one and another one. I've been writing full time for eight and a half years now. And you just write, you write the book, you get your words. The advice, one thing that I would have done differently had I been smarter, as opposed to all of my books when I first started were passion projects because I didn't know any better. I wrote four books in three different genres. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Mm. Uh, Write your books and get traction. Now, uh, those four books eventually... Two of those are are the uh, books two and three that I wrote was one book that was so damn long that I split it in half. And uh, the fourth book was the first Mm -hmm. book in a new series. And that one actually is one of my worst sellers and probably my best book. The the first book was bought by a trad pub house uh, and turned into two books. And then by the third book, it was an all world bestseller. I couldn't sell it. But that's that's. That was just me. You put it in the right hands, and it took off. So mm-hmm. that was September of 2016. Those three books became an all-world bestseller. Yay. Uh, uh, got some nice orange tags and all that good stuff. The uh, And by the end of that year, I was making uh, ten grand a month uh, at, or more and have been uh, continuously mm-hmm. until last summer. Last summer, I was stockpiling. And I had drawn off because my sales are usually harder in the summer and lower. And so I didn't do any new books. I weren't, I drew back my advertising and I dropped under uh, 10 grand for earnings for a month last summer. But that was the first time mm-hmm. in seven years. <clears throat> so it's eminently doable to have a good career. You keep your foot on the pedal. You deliver to the readers, right, with the readers in mind. Uh, you build your foundation and as you keep building on it, then every new release, you get a certain amount of, of sales just because you have fans and you have dedicated fans. Even if you're publishing 10 to 15 books a year, you still have dedicated mm-hmm. fans who make time to read those, <clears throat> make time to read those books because they like them. So keep delivering, keep delivering uh, mm-hmm. to what the readers want. So can't sell uh, nothing sells the last book like the next book. And you keep them rolling and you just keep doing that over and over. And all of a sudden your foundation, Hey, if I've got books only making $2 a day, like I said, I've got 190 books. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I have books that make mm-hmm. way more than that. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, it's the Pareto rule. Pareto was genius with that 20, 80, 80, 20 rule. 
So if I've got 20% of the books making 80% of the revenue, mm-hmm. then that's a pretty big number. And then that other uh, uh, 80% making 20%, yeah. that's also a big number. So my days are, are pretty good right now. And I just took my, my truck. It was leaking oil, right? I'm up here in Alaska. My truck had to get exposed to some mm-hmm. pretty brutal weather during a, a writing retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus 40 temperatures where it was sitting out all day uh, without being heated in Ooh. any way. And so it developed an oil leak, uh, multiple oil leaks. So I took it in, $2,600 to get it fixed. And they said, man, you've got 47,000 miles on this truck. It's a 2015. So it's nine years old, and I got 47,000 miles on it. And I bought it with 21,000 on it in 2017. But I I paid cash for it, all with my royalties. Nice. But that was uh, September 2016 when I got my royalty check in uh, March of 2017 for all those sales. And also... My indie sales were so high in December and January. So January mm-hmm. sales, when do you get the paid? End of March. So end of March, all of these, all of these uh, uh, checks were bouncing off me, and uh, I went and bought a new truck. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no yes. intention of selling it. They wanted to buy it, too, believe that or not. The, the head salesman said, hey, we'd like to buy your truck. We can make you a good offer on a new one. Well, I just happened to see that I paid thirty grand for my truck in uh, 2017, and <clears throat> the new ones, that exact same model, seventy-five thousand dollars. So yeah. no, wow. even if they gave me what I paid for it, I still owe forty-five <laughs> grand. I don't think so. Let me pay my twenty-six hundred dollars, get it fixed, and and uh, I'll drive it another forty-seven thousand miles over the next nine years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I like my royalties have been so bad for so long that I forgot when they paid you. Right. And so I just got the statement today, actually, because where I said my I hit number one in a category on, on Christmas Day. So I just got the statement for December and I'm getting my first fat royalty thing sitting through. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> Very nice. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I was going to pay for this convention we're going to tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I got distracted there for a second. My uh, One of my ring alarms went off, and uh, there's been a Uh-oh. moose running around, so I was hoping to catch sight of a moose. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first moose on the podcast. That would be cool. Yes. We've had really dogs cool. and cats. Lots of dogs and cats, no no mooses. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. That's why when he, when he was looking out the window earlier, I was hoping there was a moose so we could do a backdrop of a moose eating willow in my yard <laughs> while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> That would be that would definitely be unique. Would. <laughs> you know, you uh, you mentioned the AI thing earlier, and that's very much been our take on it too. Is kind of wait and see, but we, you know, normally we do our news segment. We'll figure out what's going on, and there have been some of the most ridiculous like problems that have come up that Amazon's been like having to deal with, right? So first, it was. Um, mushroom foraging guides written by ai because you know what could go wrong and then uh international travel guides written by ai again Mm -hmm. what could go wrong um college textbooks that was the next flood and now now i saw today they're having trouble this is when i shouldn't be laughing but it gets my morbid sense of humor gets my morbid sense of humor going so what people are doing now apparently is the day a celebrity dies 
they will go tell an AI to write a biography of the celebrity so they can post it within hours of the announcement of their death. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> how morally bankrupt do you have to be and how greedy to be like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there are people out there who are just downright evil. And they think that might be funny, but I mean, it's funny on our end. But the fact that they're doing it, I, I can't imagine actually doing that because that's just, right. just terrible. Yeah, I. You're. I mean, I mean, on the so on the celebrity thing, you're for, you're profiting off of somebody else's misery and suffering. But like the mushroom yeah. one or the textbook one or the travel guides, you're putting people in danger. It turns out that all mushrooms do not give you an extra life. No, <laughs> I actually have a series of travel guides that uh, that I publish. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I knew that. What? Uh, which? What's your? What's your favorite place you've been? Because you've been all over at this point. You've been at one point. You were doing co- like twenty books conferences just about everywhere, right? Yeah, we we've done them around the world. I've uh, done Australia uh, a few times. Did New Zealand a couple times. Uh, did one in Bali. We just uh, had one in uh, Mallorca, Palma de Mallorca in uh, the Mediterranean. Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, did Edinburgh, did uh, London. Nice. Uh, Very uh, cool. Of course, the main, the main show was in Vegas. Oh, did Madrid as well. All kinds of opportunities uh, around. The- now, they're <laughs> extremely complex and time-consuming uh, using doing uh, in a different country because uh, doing wire transfers and stuff it just it just got really expensive and and challenging to do so i'm happy uh to not be doing that stuff anymore because it's just it so challenging and time consuming i'm yeah, uh, sure. kind of like uh i kind of like what i'm doing now <laughs> writing books. sitting back hanging out with stanley writing some books mm-hmm. that's it going to a conference here or there maybe as a speaker not a showrunner yep yep yeah yep I can see that. That makes sense. Being a showrunner, I mean, it's hard to uh, get the most out of those shows because you're worried about all the logistics details. Are people getting where they need to? Do people know the schedule? Do are the guest speakers set up? Are the uh, uh, interfaces in each uh, room set up so people can put up their computers and show their stuff? Oh man, I mean, just a thousand little details. Right. And you can't make everybody happy. So despite the effort, you cannot make everyone happy. And that also is a big challenge. I like, uh, I, I like publishing a book. You put it in, uh, especially if it, you're talking the third or fourth book in a series, people already like mm-hmm. it. They like the series, so you're, there's no surprises. And it makes it a lot better because you're putting a book in readers' hands who want to read it. And as long as you deliver, you get good feedback, you get lots of stars, I think my average on Amazon is 4.6 on some 60 or 70,000 reviews. So I'm, I'm wow. good with that. Nice. I'm way good with that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. My, my average on Goodreads is 4.4 or 4.5. I've got uh, – yeah, you can pull all your one stars. I've got over 100 one-star reviews too So <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> oh, I've got man. over 100 two-star reviews too. So I've got plenty of bad reviews and, and fully, I'm thinking fully half of them are people we kicked out of the group for self promo or being dicks or you know, whatever. Wow. 
Yeah, Man, so. your admins are great. They pounce on that stuff. I've never seen a group as well curated as as uh, Twenty Bucks is. They they just they pounce like it's you see it, you see some drama starting, and then all of a sudden somebody's there and they're like shutting it down. Yep. Yep. Moving on. No name calling. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty mm-hmm. standard. But it dege- things can degenerate pretty fast, and I, and, yeah. and it's easy enough. I don't owe anybody anything. Nobody paid to be a member, so I'm I'm okay with kicking people out left and right. I don't. Yeah. I don't need you. I mean, if you're going to say things, you're going to. Oh, sorry, I was I was upset that day. I don't care what else is going on in your life. When you put on a public face, this is your brand as an author, right? And yes, yep. things are going on in people's lives that we don't know. And what I would encourage people, just like the uh, hey pandemic, everybody's stressing out. Don't get on social media. For Pete's sake, there's one thing that you can yeah. control, and that's don't put a public face on your your uh, disorientation, your dismay, your 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 di- ugly divorce, all of it. I mean, yes, hey, right. I've got personal issues right now. Please give me some time. Everybody will. Everybody will respect yeah. that. But if you get on there and go into flame wars and start being a jerk all over the place, guess what? That's your brand. You don't get to pick yeah. your brand. Other people will pick that for you. That's your reputation. Now you're stuck with it. Well, and I've I've seen you actually like, you know, it, you it's not like you're just kicking people out like full stop. Like I've seen you yourself go in your in the admins, but I've seen you even go into a comment where somebody said something that was jerkish, and you give them the benefit of the doubt, like maybe they didn't realize they were being jerkish. Like, hey, this came off a certain way. Let's uh, maybe stop it here, or you know, just so you know this you know, might be pushing the bounds. And then they immediately are just like, no, whatever, Craig. <laughs> like, all right, now you got to go. Wow. Yep. Bye. Bye. Miss you already. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal group and, and the way people openly share information and what they've learned. And, you know, also what you guys have done um, with the videos from 20 books, Vegas, you know, honestly, um, when I was learning this ad stuff, I, I found a video by David Gogren that was very helpful on how to set up my stuff. But it was uh, mm-hmm. the talk that M.A. Rothman did at 20 Books yep. this last year. I was watching the video of it. That's what that's what got me across the finish line. And that yeah. really made it all kind of click together for me, right? Good. Yeah, we try to get people with uh, who, who sell well. Uh, and that was one of my uh, uh, limitations for guest speakers. There's a lot of people who think they're good speakers out there, and they may be. But my mm-hmm. first criteria was you must be able to sell books. You know, I'm not going to put you on stage if you've uh, you've published five books and you ha- you've sold you know a hundred copies of each. I'm not putting you on mm-hmm. stage to tell other people yeah. how to not sell books because I mean, <laughs> you're just uh, being a consultant then, selling picks and axes to the miners, and that's not what we're about. We're about successful authors sharing what they did and other people can listen and say, oh, I, I can do some of that. It's the big smorgasbord, the buffet that you get to yeah. pick and choose from as opposed to somebody mm-hmm. telling you do this, do that, do that. Because no two careers, writing careers are identical. Everybody is unique. And the best thing we could do is just load up that smorgasbord and you set your own plate and then you go forth and conquer and also, it's 100% your responsibility, but it's your success, too. Nobody nobody from 20 books is taking credit for anybody else's success. And that was, right. uh, we were talking earlier about doing consulting and coaching and stuff like that. And I don't do any of that because I don't even, even take a hint 
of taking responsibility for somebody's success. It's your responsibility. It's your you deserve everything that you earn. Well, and that's good too because there's so many people out there, unfortunately, that um, I mean, for lack of a better term, some of these conventions when we walk into them, it feels like you know people are lining up to sell us snake oil, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. right? You know, some of you might have good intentions, some of you might even be great people, but some of you aren't, and you all sound the same. Right. So it's yeah. a little different when you when you go and you and you click on the 20 books Vegas YouTube or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, these are OK. This is a free video. This is something somebody else is charging a thousand dollars for. I can watch. Yep. Right. Um, or like David Gogren puts up all his stuff for free so far as I can tell. And it's like, OK, well, this guy's not trying to sell me anything so far as I can tell. So. All right. I'll, I'll tag along here. And, you know, I you can kind of piece together how to do your advertisements and things like that without spending a thousand dollars on somebody's course or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I, uh, all the video, we did videos on every conference in, in Vegas and always made them available for free. Uh, the last few years it was, uh, free about a month after the show. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because we did need some additional revenue last year, 20 books, Vegas, the audio visual alone was $173,000. And a month later, we gave all those videos away for free. That is phenomenal. So, yeah, anybody listening, um, add that to the list. If you're not in 20 books, 50K, you should be. You should be watching Craig's five-minute author focus and go cruise the – is it the 20 books 50K YouTube or is it 20 books Vegas YouTube? I can't remember off the top of my head. It's 20 books of 50 K YouTube channel. But also if you want to watch five minute focus videos, they have all been moved over to my successful indie author channel. I do have a series of books, successful indie author. And that's, uh, so I do have some books, but they're, they're passive. Uh, you read them if you want, don't or read them or don't read them if you don't want. But, uh, the five minute focus videos are all over in that channel. Well, dang it, Craig, now you just became a snake oil salesman. <laughs> but I'm not consulting, and I'm not taking credit for anybody else's success. Yes, we, we set the table, but it was still, you took, uh, you took the responsibility for your own career. And good on you for everybody who's out there writing and publishing and trying to find their readers. Yeah, for sure. And, and for those who are willing to help and share what they've learned without, you know, trying to make me sign up for a timeshare. down and $50 a day for 50 years you will do we'll get there now you because you mentioned KU so are you still primarily publishing um, Amazon's exclusively or do you do the wide thing yes I figured I figured you probably had a did a bit of both (laughs) I uh I, I am almost completely exclusive to Amazon, but I'm taking my thrillers wide, especially in audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got them on audio uh, through direct sales as well as on YouTube. So free mm-hmm. as, I, as I work to monetize uh, the successful indie author channel, which I've got separate playlists. And one of those playlists is my uh, Ian Bragg thriller series. So I've got the uh, prequel up there, which is a 7,000 word short story that's narrated professionally narrated mm-hmm. same narrator uh and ian bragg one is up uh two will go live two might be live now and three will go live in may i mean it's already uploaded it's just sitting there waiting to go live <clears throat> so we're sitting we're sitting in a good place i'll pull four and four and five i have audios done 
They're currently on uh, uh, ACX and Audible exclusive, but I'll pull those mm-hmm. out uh, down to uh, wide. And also, I'm going to put them on on Spotify, and because uh, uh, right now audiobooks on Spotify, they're trying to gain market share, so they are paying right. pretty well for authors. The terms of service are acceptable, the new ones to me, and uh, that works. Uh, that's all that matters, right? Good to know. Yep. Well, I will add. Um, I will add one more question because we didn't really talk about tools, so that's what I will ask. Is so we have a tool segment we usually do where we talk about either like a software or hardware that as, as an author that we really enjoy. So like we've talked about Scrivener a bunch, um, also like pens and author chairs and whatnot. So are there any that come to mind for you that, you know, you want to talk about or promote or think everyone should try? Oh boy. I, I buy way too many tools and toys and as it is, <laughs> I'm, I'm using the oldest laptop computer I have. Uh, a Microsoft Surface uh, laptop. I have uh, a uh, a Surface Pro knockoff that I use, and I have a uh, Hewlett Packard or something like that other computer mm-hmm. that the hinge broke, so it's back in my office acting like a permanent fixture because I can't move it because <laughs> the hinge is broke, and I don't want to I don't want to upset the apple cart there. Uh, <laughs> otherwise. I, I, and one of the best buys I bought was uh, this kind, this mouse. Where we are? There we are. Okay, it's very foofy looking, but yeah. it's a USB C mouse that also is mm-hmm. a Bluetooth. So it's a combo mouse. Now I needed mm-hmm. my Bluetooth for these uh, super cool noise canceling headphones, but uh, this <laughs> about I could plug it into USB C. My uh, Surface uh, Pro knockoff, the newest version. That one only has two USB-C ports. It has no other ports. <clears throat> so that gives me the opportunity. I can do a Bluetooth mouse or you do a yeah. USB-C uh, 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 thing. Like right now, I've got the USB-C port taken. I've got the normal USB ports taken, one for this microphone and one for uh, my second screen. I, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff going on with this computer that I need all those extra ports for, whereas uh, the other one, I only have two two C ports at this one, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, get yourself a USB C mouse because my my super cool new iPhone 15 it has a USB C mm-hmm. port. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of that. So that's it. No, other, otherwise, tools do not let the tool drive you. You drive the tool. Find what works for yeah. you. I also have a remarkable with a keyboard. I have a Kindle Scribe. Uh, seeing both of those toys. The Remarkable mm-hmm. is cool, but you can't read Kindle books on it because it doesn't interface that way. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a liquid, an LCD screen, so it's like paper. It is really cool. Now, the keyboard is just a little small, like my, my mm-hmm. uh, Surface Pro knockoff. That one has a small keyboard, so I always get double spaces in there in the middle of sentences because it, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of sensitive right there. I, I just do a find and replace, two spaces for one, and... It'll it'll do twenty or forty at a time because it puts them in there all the time. It's it's yeah. I can work with it, and that was my travel computer. But uh, this one here, I mean, use what works. Store your stuff, back up your stuff wherever. Yeah. I've got stuff backed up on USB uh, USB drives, SD cards, uh, the cloud, OneDrive, as well as uh, Dropbox, 
as well as local drives on my three computers. Mm -hmm. So I will update on Dropbox. So it's on the local drive. So if uh, for some reason Dropbox tries to kill it in one computer, I go to another. (laughs) As long as it's downloaded, they're all live. There we are. Bob's your uncle, right? Bangers and mash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I had to go with the uh, multi-channel mouse as well. So I could, uh, when I bought this new keyboard, I can switch between my work machine, my personal PC, and my MacBook. They've all I've got them all mapped out to a different channel, and the mouse matches it, so I can just swap machines in and out really easy. It's nice. There you go. <laughs> Transparent to the user. You don't want anything interfering yes. with your ability to get words. Yeah. Yeah. Except the sure. English language, you- in your case, is from what I hear. <laughs> that I might be illiterate. In the way. It's possible. <laughs> I'm, I had another review that said I was either perverted or lacking comfort. That was a good one too. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, that's actually, actually better than illiterate. That's kind of that's a tough yeah. one for an reader to or an author to to get. Oh my god! Three stars. She gave me three yeah. stars. <laughs> Must be perverted. Three stars. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Got a friend. Oh, he's, he's perverted. Perverted, but I don't hate him. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I like your one from today, Phil. Oh yeah, I got a new bad review. Uh, I well, I don't know when I got it, but I just noticed it today, and uh, it was two stars. And then they just wrote the letter Y. <laughs> the cat sounds like the cat left you a review. <laughs> it might have been that or I was thinking they might have just been like, why? Why write this book? But they couldn't bring themselves to type anything but the one letter, you know? Yeah. No, that sounds, that sounds like a cat review. I got one of those too. It was just a gobbledygook of letters. And somebody – and they Gosh. actually emailed me to apologize. It says, I can't change it. The cat got on and he oh. – So I got oh, a cat so review. Funny. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to have you- to cut out here because Stan- Stanley really needs to go out. Uh, All right. Well, we appreciate having you on. Tell the people where to find you real quick. Like they don't know. Oh, check me out on craigmartell.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-M-A-R-T-E-L-L-E.com. That's all my stuff. Everything you need to know about me is there. All right. J.H., say your goodbyes. All right. I'm at jhfleming.net. You can find me on all the social media sites. Um, Find my band, Wildwood Minstrels, on all the music sites. Um, Also on uh, Fiverr and Patreon and all sorts of places. (laughs) Poor Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Philip Dreyer Duncan. You can find me at philipdreyerduncan.com. And this has been another episode of Future Bestseller. Thank you, Craig. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, you guys. (laughs) 